everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Let's Talk podcast again. Um, today I have Tim Kroll. Uh, a lot of you may know him from uh, a little show called Lego Masters. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, a, a very big, uh, there's a very, very big uh, catch for us there. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, diving in with Tim today. I'm going to give a little bit of a, a little, little history. So uh, we actually met through a mutual friend named uh, Stephen uh, Gull. He's from the, the telecom industry as well. A lot of you may know him. Um, and so I was on their uh, narrative podcast, um, was able to talk with Tim and, you know, kind of build a, uh, th this uh, professional relationship that we have. So it's, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know him and, and being able to, um, now that I've actually talked to him one-on-one -on -one and listening to the podcast, it just, it's, it's a, it gives me a, a cooler, I don't know, maybe a, a cooler view uh, than most to, into you know, <laughs> behind it and listening. Cause I'm like, Hey, I, you know, I know this guy, so it's a no. Uh, so Tim, I, I thanks for coming on the podcast. I, I'm I'm I you were one of the first people I actually wrote down on my on my notepad to to get on here. So you know I'm glad that you reached out. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I love yeah. doing this kind of stuff. I love being able to talk and have fun and just kind of have good conversations about the life and everything that we're doing. I love it. I love it. So uh, you know, I'm going to stop talking about you and let you start talking about you. Um, <laughs> that may not know you already um who you are where you came from kind of just uh m minus the professional aspect of your life just uh kind of give everybody uh what makes uh tim tim and and give everybody yeah. kind of behind the scenes yeah I, so i mean i was born a long long time ago and you know many I know. <laughs> so i've got five decades under my belt now so i mean like it's got we got how much time do we have for a full-length story of my life i mean five oh. decades is is we we got some time but anyway um you know just kind of looking back on it uh my dad was army so i was born in dc um we we traveled quite a bit in regards to uh, how we were moving and doing everything so i don't really necessarily have what i would consider a hometown and, and you know, most people, they consider hometowns as, hey, I grew up here. I did everything. But the real reality is I, I was born in D.C. I lived in and around Philadelphia for uh, probably up until I would say about 12-ish or somewhere in that ballpark. And then we moved out to the western part of P.A., um, lived just south of Erie in a small town called Meadville. Most people know it because of Allegheny College. Grew up the rest there. Then went out to college in Wisconsin. And then we moved back to after and, and in college, I met my wife, Melissa, and then we got married in 1995, moved back into Meadville. Uh, just during I was doing a lot of flooring, carpet installation, and uh, the bottom dropped out of the building industry. And so I had to find more work, which ended up being in Rochester. Uh, we moved from Greece side of Rochester, which is the west side, over to the east side, which is um, anyway. So, I, And then we moved back down to Philadelphia and that area just north of the Delaware border. And then now we're back up in Michigan. And this is where we've been now for almost 10 years of our lives. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And most people kind of get shocked at that. And, and like I said, a lot of people that I talk to, they I'm have this own place together as you're saying that. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a different kind of a life that that it creates when you uh, move a lot or you travel a lot, and, and you know even within Meadville where we lived, we were in three, four, five different houses when I was first married, and so we didn't have like this one home that kind of was like our establishment. So, 
the home means something different for me, uh, just due to the background, due to the history of that. Um, even growing up, uh, I, I recall some things in regards to I have, so I have a brother and a sister, both are younger. So it goes myself, my sister, and then my brother. And I, I just recall a lot of different pieces and parts back then. It was very much, I, I'm sure many people are going to recognize the term, the latchkey kid. That's what we were. Uh, both parents worked. We had to basically get ourselves to school, get us back home, get stuff started, blah, 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 blah. And so that also created a lot of different components of who I am and, and how I think and uh, some of the accomplishments or I would say the maturity happened very, very quickly because we had to back then. I, and there was no choice. You didn't really truly have what we would consider a kid life at that point because you were responsible as soon as you were old enough to think you had to you, you had to be responsible for your siblings. Right. So there's a lot of things like that. Um, I, I've obviously, like I said, I've been to college, I, got, I graduated there. And then I, I, I've also gone and through and done a master's degree. Um, and then Melissa and I, we've had uh, three kids of our own. My oldest is Micah and then Zach and then Ellie. Um, so those are kind of just some little tidbits of my background, not the business background. But I'm, I'm honestly finding that so much of that has influenced so much of my business aspects that it, it almost has become inseparable at this point of who I am versus what I actually do kind of a thing. I love that. No, it's uh, man, you, yeah, you, 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 you weren't joking. You've kind of been, you kind of been everywhere. And, and so it's uh, just in the yeah. Northeast, I would say not, yeah. in, I haven't been all over. I mean, I, so in truth, I've visited every state except for the new England States. Um, I've been in, in every state at some point in time visiting or doing work or something um, except for the new, I have to get up into Maine and the New Hampshire. I haven't been up in that area yet. So that, that's kind of one of my bucket list kind of a thing. So I love that. Yes. Um, you know, talking about your family and everything, uh, I think this is a good segue point to, um, you know, I, you, what you're doing now kind of links in with, you know, something that you started with one of your family members. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe for those of you that, that, that already know Tim, uh, he was on a season of Lego masters uh, on Fox. Uh, and so it's, uh, you know, where you come on as a partner and you're competing, building, building different prompts and everything with Legos. And so, Tim, maybe just kind of give a, uh, you know, your own little, uh, you're building the bridge from your professional or from your personal to your professional, uh, you know, kind of how did that start? Um, yeah. It, just, just go ahead. <laughs> so, so it's an interesting, you know, we've always talked and I, I'll start with this because this is the basis and the foundation. And, and I'm sure everybody has heard this comment multiple times. I'm sorry, it's nothing personal, it's just business. And, and sometimes it comes out in the fact that you're getting let go. Sometimes it's a breakup of a partnership. Sometimes it's, I mean, there's a thousand different reasons why we hear that quote unquote phrase. Yeah. And as I get older and more I've learned is that there's there's no such thing as business and personal. Everything inter, intertwines. Everything that impacts your personal life also impacts your business life and vice versa. Um, and then we talk about work-life balance and then that's, the, I, I could go on a whole soapbox about the fallacy of a work-life balance and how that's just not a, an attainable idea or, or concept. Um, but there are things that you can do to be healthy and to have boundaries, and there's ways to be able to create that. So starting with that foundation, number one, understanding that business is personal is really what creates the bridge between what you do and a lot of the family things and, and all of these other components that actually bring and tie this together. So it really started with a commitment that my wife and I had to connect with our kids on things that they were interested in. 
Uh, so my oldest son, he loved fishing. I'm not a big fisherman. In fact, I haven't fished since he's left the house. Uh, but he he loved fishing. And so I spent a lot of time out on the lake. We were fishing and doing a lot of stuff like that. And then for the second son, Zach, uh, he really got into Lego. And, and so in order for me to connect with my boys, I found that the best way to do that is to connect with them over something that they already loved, something that they were already passionate about. And the Lego aspect, what I didn't realize was going to tie in with my background and my heart of teaching and my heart of coaching individuals and, and the, the core of why I get up every morning, which is to leave an impact and change people's lives. The Lego ties in perfectly with the ability to be able to teach people in a better way. Yeah. And so the journey that happened was one, I wanted to be able to connect with Zach. Uh, and so we started building together large, what they call mocks. And I'm going to use some terms. Every industry has these, but a mock is an acronym. It's M-O-C and it's my own creation. So we started building into it as deep as you want. We got, you know, yeah, (laughs) but it helps to understand, you know, like in, in every industry, we have these terms, right. But I want to make sure that people understand because it's a, a mock is definitely my own creation. So we built, it was two tables, two tables long, two tables wide. So you're looking at eight foot by what is that, a two and a half foot table or something like that? So you're looking at 16 feet by five feet wide. And it was what we called the Queen's Ridge. And it was a huge castle. It flowed down into a medieval market. It had an ocean or a port, I guess would probably be the best way. It had different ships that we had. Anyway, it was huge. I have pictures of it. It was really, really fun. Great. We spent a lot of time building that. We then took that and started displaying that at different what's called a Lego show. And there's a lot of different things like Brick World, Brick Fair. There's, they're all over the United States and you can find them. Uh, and we displayed at the, one of the largest, uh, I think it's either the largest or the top two largest Lego shows in, in Chicago. And that was over Father's Day. Well, from there, our name got on a list and then there was a casting agent uh, that called us and said, hey, would you be willing to apply for Lego Masters? And I mean, I'd heard about it, but we were very, very skeptical, reality TV kind of a thing. I was just like, yeah. you know, it's probably not for us. Yeah. It's not something that I want to get involved with. And the toxicity that you see in most of the reality TV shows, I'm like, that's not family oriented. Yeah. That is not that's something that- all about drama. Yeah, exactly. And so it didn't align with value, my personal values. It didn't align with what I believed in as far as in the Lego community itself was very skeptical about Lego masters and just the the love and the play well aspects of all things tying together. So kind of hesitant, but we decided to start taking steps through always through that path. We were like, well, we can always say no, we can always back out. Well, the the first season, we actually were approached for the first season and the first season Uh, Zach was too young. He had to be 18. And so they said, well, let's just put a pause on this. And I'm like, that's actually really good because now we can kind of see how it's going to go the first season. And then we can go into the second season and possibly. And so the second season rolls around. They call us, hey, can you continue the application? Uh, So we started continuing the application. And that is exactly when COVID hit. So we recorded at the launch of COVID. Like, I I mean, I don't know what else to call it other than the launch of COVID. (laughs) So we recorded right. And, uh, it was during the April, right after I think March is when they announced that COVID was what it was and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, so it was uh, what I would term as the most unique recording experience that probably was ever in the history of TV, television. It's not anything that anybody else will ever experience. It's not anything that anybody else will ever have to go through, I hope, uh, just because of all of the ups and downs and all the swings that are going on. And then spiritually, it's just you completely get drained of what I would call your soul, uh, the inner part of you, because you're, you're again, all the other physical, mental exhaustions and the emotional exhaustion just kind of start to eat away at that. 
And the other thing too is this, especially when we're looking at that, like I, the reason we didn't want to jump into reality TV or do anything was because of the story, the narrative that they always told about individuals. And so Zach and I, when we stepped into the show, our core was to say, we are going to stick to our story. We're going to stick to our values. We're going to stick to who we are as people, as, and, and the story that I wanted to portray through that was it is possible for families to have healthy relationships, to have healthy, especially when you're dealing with your kids. Because too often, I mean, especially in our society right now, the fathers are absent. And whether that's emotionally, mentally, or even physically absent, there's so many dads that are just not involved in their kids' lives anymore. And so I wanted to really show that there was a possibility that you could have that kind of relationship and you can show up and yet still do your business side. And that's why, again, going back to this core, you know, business is personal. Business is, it's interlocked. And so the things that we do and did on the show were really about connecting and about making sure that we continue to build a strong relationship with our family. So, well, and you know, what a cool, what a cool, fun thing that you and your son now get to talk about for the rest of your lives. You got, you got, you got to have that really cool experience. And then, you know, a lot of people, you know, most people are just watching the show and they're like, Oh man, I wonder what it would be like, but you actually got to do it. And so, you know, I think that's a, uh, what a cool opportunity. Um, and so, you know, Going from there, you know, kind of talk about, you know, where are you, where are you at now in the Lego experience, but also yeah. what are you doing on the professional side? You know, how did the two merge together? You know, kind of, you know, give everybody uh, uh, just a little taste of what a, what a typical, you know, uh, pro- project or anything looks like from you. Yeah. So uh, it is a, what, what most people look at it from the outside, it feels like it's very fragmented. It feels like it's in multiple different directions, but there is a core foundation that I hold to and that we do in order to be able to, to, I don't want to say justify, but that's almost what it feels like is I have to justify why there's so many pieces that come together to bring a life together, like what we're doing. Um, And so let me give you the fragmented part and then I'll tie it all back together. So since Lego Masters, which Lego Masters is an awesome platform and I'm very grateful for that and grateful for the experience, but it, it is only a platform. It's not really my identity because I do so many other things. Um, so the first thing is, is after we got done, Zach and I, we opened a Lego store, which is called Alpine Brick. And then what we do is we actually buy old Lego and refurbish the collectible sets. And then we sell those as certified used sets. And there's a huge aftermarket. So most people don't realize how much of an aftermarket there is for Lego, but a massive, massive aftermarket for it. So we have that component. The second thing that we do is we still do commissions. So there are a lot of companies that call us and they say, can you build us a sculpture for your, of our logo? Or can you build us a, a building that we really love? Or uh, like there's, can you build us an animal? Can you build us, there's all kinds of different sculpting kind of things. In fact, we've got one that's coming up here in August that I'm not allowed to talk about because it's got, I got an NDA, but it's going to be absolutely huge. And I'm excited to, to be able to eventually share that. So if you want to follow and find out more, we'll release when we're allowed to. Yeah. So it's going to be uh potentially world record kind of thing. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but um, yeah. So, so that's another component. And then another component is what we do at the shows themselves. So we are contracted by the event coordinators to, to bring in uh, some of our own mocks, some of our own displays, and then we meet and greet a lot of people during those shows. And this is part of what I do is I run kid building challenges 
for those attendees to come in and give them a little bit of a taste of what it was like to be on a show. We have pressure. We have a little bit of a timeline. You've got rules. You've got a bucket of Lego and you have to create something within a certain amount of time. And it kind of it's, it's a fun experience. But the but it's a little sneaky too, and I, I got to say this: it's a little sneaky because my goal on that is to create the same experience that I had with my son, so that other parents could actually understand what that is like and how to be able to start to to connect with their kids. And in fact, really side story, cool. real quick: this this little this little totem that I keep with me, it was given to me by a mom, and she handed this to me and she said, "I want you to have this as a reminder." I was able to build with my son for the first time. And in that building, we now have been connected and now we actually build together. And so now I've got a relationship that is really something that I never had before. And so it's that, that's my why. I mean, that's the whole impact part of it, but that's, that's one component. And then we also do what are called mosaics where we have a big community project where we'll come in and uh, we do big, big pictures and everybody does a little six by eight tile. They build out a, like a pin dot kind of pixelated piece and they put that up and it makes a big picture. So that's another activity that we do. Uh, And that's kind of the whole Lego aspect, but let me just kind of build that bridge then. And so what I found uh, my, my, my background is I've always been a teacher. I've always loved working with kids. I'm a kid lead coach where we actually work with leaderships uh, developing in middle school and high school. Um, I've worked with, with communities. I've worked with uh, corporations where we do workshops on, on leadership styles and designs. And there's a whole ton of stuff. But when I, when I started working with Lego, I found it added this component of interactive activity which activates a different part of your brain, which then allows you to be able to learn at a different, in a different way and at a different pace. And the results of, I started testing this for about now, I'm I'm two years in, I started kind of testing this locally. But what I found is people were literally able to walk away. Let let me kind of back up because I'm sure you've been to a conference and everybody else has been listening, probably has been to a seminar, an event, and you're there for two days, you sit under some kind of a speaker and you do and listen for, shoot, sometimes 10, 15 hours of all of this information that's coming in, right? Yeah. How often have you walked back home or flew, flew back home and like, okay, what, what was I supposed to do? Like, what, what, was, what was I supposed to You don't remember 99% of everything that everybody said. And yeah. if you walk away with one thing, man, that's, dude, you're, you're like in the top percentage of people that actually implemented something from a front of an event. It's just insane. So I saw that and that's a, that's a problem, right? And so what I've done and started to do is transition instead of just being a talking head that's on stage. And there is a time and a place for that. And I don't want to degrade anybody there, but there's a time and a place. I want to create an experience that you're going to remember and tie a lesson into that because as humans, we think and talk in stories. And when we go and we talk on a regular personal level, we don't necessarily say, okay, point one, point two, point three, A, B, C. We don't do that. That's not how we normally talk. We talk in, well, did you know what happened? Do you remember when we talk in stories and we put that all together? So that's what I want to do when I'm teaching and doing a workshop is I want to create this interactive experience that's hands-on, that you're doing something. And then the result ends up that you will remember what it is that lesson was because you're tying it to a story, you're tying it to an experience. In fact, I did this one. This is called the series Play Duck. 
I did this one for the Michigan Health Department, and there was about almost 200 people in the in the room, and they all had one, and we created this fun little experiment and kind of a thing, and we did this for about 30 minutes of, it kind of created like a Mission Impossible kind of a scenario, and then everybody had to put their ducks together, and the interesting thing was this, of the almost 200 people that were at the event, there were only a few people that put their duck together the same way. And it, it taught about diversity and it taught about how we're all different. And it taught about how we each have different talents and we all look a little bit different. And they don't, then, then I had them sign their name to the duck. And when they signed their name to the duck, it was just like, that is me. And that is an identity. And now they take that back home. And now they've got a little totem that they can set on their desk and they can remember the lesson of how to be able to talk to different people and how to communicate in different ways and how the personalities actually kind of fit together. And we need the diversity. We need those people to be different than us because that's a value, right? So that's just one example of a lesson that, that we've done and tying all of that back into the, what you said, like that's this whole aspect is I'm using Lego as a way to teach core strategies and theories and principles so that they can be applied to your daily life. Yes. I love that. And see, Lego is more than just a piece of plastic. <laughs> Way more than plastic. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love it's that. It's a so tool. Just, yeah. This is just fun. I, I, I let, you know, we're, I'm talking to, to an expert in, in the Lego field. And so it's just, it's, it's fun hearing about it. Uh, you know, all kind of like the, the kind of, you know, you've given a great snapshot of how the Lego community is. And so I just, yeah. it's fun. It's fun to listen to being from the outside. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of nerding out a little bit because I'm just, I'm thinking about <laughs> I'm thinking about the fun that I have when I me and my kids we I actually have a, I've got a Lego Mustang here in my office and then I've got a Lego White House me that's what my kids and I uh, yeah. started doing since COVID too so it's a uh, I love it it's just a fun it's a fun thing yeah. for me to do and Lego has such a huge interesting story behind them. Uh, as far as the purpose and what they were originally intended, and it was for creativity. It was for education, and it was for a family to be able to get together and kind of learn in a way. And I mean, the first Lego sets, they didn't have instructions. It was just a box and said, you create whatever it is you want to create. There was a, a challenge to create of the infinite possibilities. There was a challenge to create something cool. And, and that was the intent of Lego. That was where it came from. And there's just so many more stories and things that I could say about Lego uh, I could go on about trivia and all kinds of fun stuff that people are like, what? Really? It's really, it's, it's amazing. That's really fun. That's really fun. So, you know, uh, speaking of Lego, you know, I'll, how about, um, you know, I'll do a, I'll do a fun question. Uh, how, what's your, what's your favorite Lego build? Um, what's, I guess just general, what's your favorite Lego build that you've done? I have one. You ready? Yep. Oh, I just knocked over half of my stuff there. But that's, yeah. this is the reason why it's on my desk, because this is my favorite Lego set right here. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So all of the signatures are on here. These are all from the Lego Masters of Season 2. I'm trying to watch my that's finger. Awesome. So all of these signatures, and this is actually a full set. It's brand new. It's never been opened. Um, but this is my hands down my favorite set, right? And then, so I got it, and it actually goes back to a lot of the value, because I use compasses as a way to be able to talk. And if you can see okay. this. Let me see if I can. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pick the whole thing up and bring it over. But oh, that's so cool. So this is the set right here. This is the oh, shipping model, wow. and I have a light kit that, that this the light kit it always comes in after, and I, I've got some stuff that's moving around because I'm picking it up. But but basically, the light kit is built so that it kind of glows, and you can see some of the lights on the top. Let me turn it off oh. here though, so you can actually see the set a little bit better. 
but um, yeah, it's got a lot of reflective parts on it. But this is my That's favorite cool. set, hands down. Hands down, it's my favorite set. So That's so cool. Yeah, so that's oh, this man. is definitely my favorite set. And then, I mean, we've got other things that are out and about that we, I've got other things that are out and about that I use and work on. But like I said, that that really is is my favorite set of all of them. So, I love that. <laughs> um, so you know, you, this is something that you know became very um, uh, connect. It became very um, more emotionally connected for you as well since you're doing it with your son. So. You know, it's uh, and, and and what a fun thing to 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 share with uh with one of your kids too is just a fun such a fun hobby. You know, I I've got I've got two girls and and I mean my teenage girl she I I'll get into anything she she wants to but it just embarrasses her so much so she she'd rather dad just stay out of it. So. <laughs> hey, just uh, so you know too, and I told my kids this, and you can ask them if you ever meet my kids. The number one job of a parent is to embarrass your kids. And so my kids all know that. So it's like, as long as. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, no, it, it's, but, but for parents that may be looking for something to, to share with their kids, you know, just, uh, because I think that, I, like you said, it's a, it's a great, it's a great way to just empower the relationship, just build it into just something even cooler. Um, you know, maybe what's, what's, one one piece of advice, or maybe a couple pieces of advice that you would give to parents that are looking to to maybe connect a little bit more with yeah. with one of the kids. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff came from, and my my bachelor's degree is in youth ministry, and it, and it's working with yeah. kids. Um, so that's where a lot of this stuff has come from, and the reason why we established a foundation within our family is because I wanted to be able to have a chance to be able to teach. Um, and there's an old old writing that states this: if you're going to teach your kids. You need to teach them when you get up, when you go out, and when you sit down to eat. And in that concept right there, it is, you do not have, I, I think our world's broken. And there is definitely a need for an educational system. There's a need for structured education. But we've neglected the true education of parents being able to be involved in the kids' lives. And we've neglected the teaching of how to live life for the sake of math and grammar and whatever else. And those things are important. Don't get me wrong. But we've now made that the only education that's there. And we've we've skipped out on literally how to live the EQ or the emotional intelligence. And so many individuals are not equipped when they step out of school or step out of college. They're just not equipped to be able to handle conflict. They're not they're not equipped to handle any kind of drama or dis or, or disagreements or we don't we don't have those skills anymore because and I believe this is the fact that they haven't been with the parents to be able to develop the skills to be able to do that. And yeah. again, it comes back to that principle. You teach your kids, you work with your kids, you build the relationships during time, time spent with them. Now, yeah. the the second aspect of that, so that's the that's the first principle, but the second principle is this is to be able to find what they're interested in. And when you find what they're interested in, it, what it does is um, it's known in the counseling world as a third, a, a mute third party, right? I have better conversations with my with my kids and with my significant others when there's a something there that we're not staring at each other. And there's something in our innate nature. Oh, like if I sit there and I stare at you and we're having a really tough conversation or an important conversation and we're looking at each other in the eyes, it, it's intimidating and it's hard. 
But yet when you're in the middle of whether you're putting a Lego set together or you're fishing or you're taking a drive or you're on a hike or you're whatever it is in those yeah. times. And that's why the, again, the original principle is when you're, when you get up and when you go out and when you sit down to eat and that's why that principle is there is because when you do things, it now gives the ability to be able to ask questions. And so yes. when we're sitting here and, and this happens so many times, whether I was out fishing or whether I was sitting down doing Lego or whatever it was, you know, we're sitting there just having a normal conversation, just talking about the weather or whatever you, you know, non. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey dad. And it's like the whole environment, the whole attitude, everything all of a sudden just shifts in a moment. Yeah. And then a, an important question comes out from your kids to you. And that's the teaching moment, but it took hours to get there. So if I sat down with my kid and said, Hey, what do you think about whatever deep philosophy of whatever is going on? What do you think about that? They're going to be like, ah, blah, 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 blah. and that's pretty much the answer that you get. But yet when you're yeah. in that situation and now you've, you've built that relationship and you spent time with them, suddenly now they're looking at you and like, you know, I got this situation with a classmate. I don't know how to handle it. Um, I'm being bullied or this person said this about me or this happened or that happened or whatever. And there's so many life situations that frankly, they don't know how to deal with and they don't know how to ask that question. They don't know how to answer the question when you ask them directly. But when you're in that midst of being able to have that mute third party, now those questions can come up. And now yeah. situations and scenario and say, well, have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And have you worked this angle? And what do you think about that angle? And giving them ways to be able to process and think through is really more important than saying, well, just do this. Because I don't want to sit there and just tell my kid to do this. Now, you, if I give them the ability to reason, deduct, analyze, that gives them the skills to be able to be successful and understand how to handle conflict and how to be able to work through disagreements and be able to work through relational issues and whatever else that's going to come up. And they have the emotional intelligence to actually think that way. So, yeah. Right. Cause you're, cause you're not, you're not raising kids. You're, you're raising humans to become adults. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, being able to connect with things. And that's, that, that's something my wife and I have, always, we've never talked the typical baby talk to our children literally yeah. since they were born. I mean, it's just, we talk to them like they're humans and, and it's a, you know, talking about you know, that first point you said, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm very lucky. And I count, I count myself lucky as, as a father to have that kind of relationship with my teenager. Um, yeah. My eight year old is, is a mama's girl. She's she, it, if mommy's there, that, that's where she wants to be. But you know, my teenager, we're, we're a little closer. And so, you know, you talk to having those moments where they really do kind of open up to you. It's uh, uh, speaking from experience. Uh, they're, they're wonderful moments to have, and it is worth the time Yeah. to set down your phone, put your, your laptop, you know, close your laptop and just have a, have a nice conversation with your children. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So that, that and actually is in society, uh, things would be a lot better off. Yeah. So that actually leads to a third principle that, that we, we found it on. So the first one was teaching while you're doing, um, you know, in all aspects, being involved. And the second one was specifically looking for interests that you can connect through. And then that fourth one is understanding seasons of life and yeah. not forcing your child to stay in a season. So, for example, when they are really young, we say do this and we don't give them a reason why, because it's you don't touch the stove. I'm not going to explain to a 
one-year-old, don't touch the stove because it's hot. It's going to burn you. They, they're not going to be able to grasp that, right? But as they grow, they can start to grasp and understand and reason. And unfortunately, we sometimes will jump, instead of just saying, don't touch this, we actually start to try to reason with a one-year-old, which you're not going to do. Yeah. The, as they get older and start to understand, now you have to give them reasons why. And then as they grow, so think of it this way understanding that each season is going to be unique and you have to learn the skills to be able to continue to grow with that child. Now I've got a 22 year old and that season's completely different. Frankly, it's harder than it was when they were teenagers. I'd almost rather go back to that time frame because now we have to be friends and we're talking yeah. on a friend level and I, I, I can't tell him what to do. Like I, that is not part of my job. Now I am done telling him what to do. I am done at, at my 21, same thing. Like I am done telling them what to do. My time is completely done with, and now we're in a completely different relationship. So understand. And then one other thing too, and I'll, I'll let you know this, cause you said about the different connecting my youngest son, Zach, we never connected when he was in middle school. He always connected with his mom and then a different yeah. season came along and now he's starting to connect with me and you have to be as a dad or as a mom, you have to be confident and secure enough to understand that it's not you it's just the way people connect and it's okay it's okay if your kids connect with the other spouse and you have to be able to handle that and not get jealous or upset or or resentful you have to be willing to be able to do that oh for sure yeah my wife's had to deal with them i've i've been our oldest's favorite since she was born so <laughs> but it could shift you know, like she could, that whole situation could shift and you have to be prepared for that as a, as a, a parent, it could, everything could shift. Yeah, and, but it, yeah, it's that, definitely that, that attacting. Mean, that doesn't mean I haven't felt the wrath of a teenage girl. <laughs> I, I've, definitely been, I've definitely been on the wrong end of that one before. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing is, and I'll, I'll tie this in with the business aspect, the same principles yeah. that we use to teach and train our kids are the same principles that we use to train our staff, to train our employees. Yeah. And awesome. they're lessons that we learn and be able to talk with. So if you're not creating shared experiences within your organization, you are missing out on a huge opportunity to be able to build a relationship to create loyalty and commitment from your employees. Otherwise, there, there's a there's a principle that I talk about. It's called commitment versus um, compliance versus commitment. And uh, those two things are, are are interesting when you look at it compliance means that your employees are going to go across the street for a dollar more per hour. Commitment means that your employees are going to stay because they're loyal to you and they, they like the culture and they understand that you have their best interest and they're, that you're looking out for them. And that's, that's a culture thing, but there's all of these things that I just talked about with the kids, they apply directly to our businesses and our staff and our employees. And you've got to, as a leader of your organization, you've got to be able to develop that. Yeah. I, I, I think that just, uh, uh, adds even more to the fact that you, you, you're raising your children to not be children. You're raising them to be uh, adults that yeah. uh, contribute. And, and, and I think that's kind of, I think that's why those, those two teaching methods work, you know, in, with younger as with, with older people. I right. think that's, yep. I think that, I think, and I think that there's a lesson there. There's a lesson in, in all of that um, just to, to really, um, be able to shift, be, be able to, to adapt. There you go. That's the word I was looking for to be able yeah. to adapt with your kids. That way you're, even if they do pull away from you a little bit more and start talking to one of your, one of the other parents more and you, they, you know, they, you're no longer the favorite, but to, 
figure out a way to continue to grow even even beyond that. So no, yeah. I think that's that's wonderful. Yep. Um, yeah, it will tie it up a little bit. Uh, do you have any anything that you anything you have ex- that you're especially excited about coming up? Any any projects? Any, yeah. Any, any convention or, or anything 2024 like is going to be a huge year for us, and I'm really really excited about it. Um, not, and I'll just give you three things that I that I can see that are coming. Yeah. First of all, uh, as you know, you mentioned this earlier, we have a podcast called Narrative.Live, and we tell stories. We tell real stories of real people, and we don't talk about the successes. We talk about the failures. We talk about the hard knocks. We talk about a lot of the false beliefs that we had, the false narrative that we were following, and then we shift it into, okay, what's the true narrative that you're creating, the legacy that you're leaving behind? So Steve and I are actually planning a singular event here in Northern Michigan that's going to be pretty spectacular because we're actually going to bring everybody together and we're going to actually kind of look at how do we actually craft and create our story? How do we do that? So that's coming up in April. Um, we will have the website out. We're, we're, it's going to be, frankly, we're, we're limited on size. So you're going to, it's going to be like an invite only kind of a thing. So that is a big project that we've got coming up. Um, and we're continuing to collect stories. So that's, that's one. The second thing is we are, now currently booked at about 20 different events across the east coast so we're going to be in multiple cities from nashville tennessee charlotte north carolina charleston south carolina tampa bay florida marion illinois st louis like all of these different cities that we're going to be going to and being able to share our lego experience and events and things and then the last one um well actually i probably have four now that i'm thinking about so not the last one, but the third one, the third one is this big, big thing that we've got going on in August that I can't talk about, but I'm like super stoked about it and super excited about that. Um, and then I, this is officially the last one. Cause like, I, um, I actually have multiple, uh, companies that have contacted me about doing Lego workshops where we do exactly what we talked about earlier and creating a shared experience with organizations and their staff and learning, stuff that you would just never even think that you would learn. And and every time, every time I do this, it's an aha moment and people walk away. Like this was the best experience I've ever had. Um, So those are the four things. Like I said, 24 is going to be an incredible year. Uh, We're going to be busy. I'm I'm excited about it, but at the same time, I'm also a little bit nervous on the timing and how much we're going to be doing. So, so it's a good thing. Traveling can take its own toll. So yeah. Yeah, well, no, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys have a lot of really cool things coming up, and I'm really excited to find out what that what that project is. So, it, yeah. the only way to do that is you're going to have to follow us on either LinkedIn or Instagram. One of those two ways. I'll you, put you're going to have your uh, links in the show notes as well. Perfect, perfect. And then I the the better thing is if you want to know more about what I do, you got to go to my website. It's timcroll.com. That's the the easiest thing to do. I don't always post all of the Lego stuff on my website, but the social channels will have both the web and the, anyway, I'll have all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, no. And that'll all be in the show notes for everybody. So I'd like to close it off. Um, given the guest, uh, what's, what's one thing that you're doing when you're not doing any of the Lego stuff, you're not, you know, doing any of the professional stuff, even let's say you're not, you're not even doing the family stuff. What's something that you kind of do to recharge yourself or maybe a hobby outside of Lego? Yeah. Hike. We, we, that's, that is probably my go-to. Um, and it's just, there's something we've done backpacking trips, three, four, five day backpacking trips where we're off grid, uh, where you, you just don't have a signal. So you have no choice. Uh, but yeah, that, that would probably be the one thing that I would say is the outside of what most people would even know about me. Um, we, 
we'll take seven to 10 guys on a backpacking trip and we'll just go and we'll just talk and tell stories, which is what it's all about. So. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Tim, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you being a guest and uh, oh, this is fun. I'm excited to see all the stuff that you have coming up. Yeah. This has been fun. Thank you so much for having me here. Thanks man. You have a good day. See you, man. We'll see you guys.